night may be long and the dark may be deep, but the answers are there to be found. Whether it's the normal, the abnormal, or the paranormal, you're in the right place. Let's go beyond reality. Welcome, everyone. Great to have you here. I giggle a little bit because it's been so long. What? Uh, was it was it last Thursday night that uh, we had our, our last live program? I think it may have been. And I apologize for that, but there's so much going on. Uh, and I know, you know, it doesn't always seem that way, but there really is. Part of what's happening here is that um, I'm taking this opportunity as I introduce this new show I'm doing as well, that to, to kind of revamp this one. We've been doing this show as a pri- primarily a radio show for the four years. Uh, is it four, four? Let me think. Uh, five years. Holy cow. For the five years that uh, we've been doing it, or I've been doing it. And um, it's no longer a radio show. It's really a multimedia show. So we are in the process now of trying to m- migrate or evolve or uh, transform this program into something that's a little bit more multimedia. That's the effort. And I know it doesn't sound super complicated, but it is a little more complicated because in addition to just, you know, adding uh, video and doing that kind of thing, we also have to uh, make sure our guests that we have scheduled coming up are okay with video. Not all of them are. You know, many of them uh, are used to doing radio programs and they do it in their pajamas or whatever the heck they (laughs) want to do them in. Uh, But if we have video, obviously it's a little bit different And, and frequently people like to uh, be, you know, I don't know, have their hair done. Unlike me, who I haven't had a haircut in nine, ten months, whatever it's been. Uh, but other people do care what their hair looks like, and they like to do things like that. So it's a little more complicated, but we're working on it. Uh, tonight is kind of going is going to be a bit of a an experiment along these lines. I'm going to have uh, our good friend and guest, uh, Scotty Robert, with us tonight. Looking forward to having Scotty on the program. Uh, we, you know, I've had him on the the paranormal, uh, the political program a few times. Uh, he's he's great, regardless of which show we have him on. So we're going to have Scotty on tonight, and we're going to be looking at some recent paranormal headlines, and we'll be talking about them. This will cover the gamut. This will be UFO-oriented. This will be ghost-oriented. This will be cryptid-oriented. Those I think those cover the, the stories that we've got to talk about tonight. So it it'll be it'll be moving around a lot. It'll be uh, interesting, and we'll have some you know footage to show that kind of thing. So. Looking forward to having Scotty here and 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 having this kind of conversation with him. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And welcome to everybody in our chat room. So great to see all your familiar names and faces in those icons. Uh, it's really awesome to have you here. I know that again, uh, not having a live program for a little bit while for a while has put a bit of a a, a stress on um, all of us. I think <laughs> probably we haven't had this opportunity to get together and and uh, enjoy uh, talking about these things, but we will tonight. And we will more often in the in the coming weeks as well. I've got some great guests lined up too. And as I said, I'm navigating the thing between some will do video, some won't. So we'll get that all figured out. I did notice something that uh, Gene had mentioned asked in the chat room before the show actually started. If anybody has had any odd or weird or strange or unexplainable experiences lately, I have to tell you something. And maybe you can keep an eye on it. And it might be a little more difficult with the lighting in the studio now. However, the I, I've been having, as I work in the studio on, you know, throughout the day, I've been having uh, visions of, again, a figure out of the right, well, it's not always the right side. Sometimes it's kind of standing back here behind these, she- or by these shelves. Um, frequently, it's it's to my right over here. And, uh, you know, of course, I look and I don't see anything, but it's, it's a little startling at times. It, it doesn't scare me 
it's just startling. And I don't, I don't want to prejudice anyone uh, for and give this information out to make uh, everyone, um, you know, start seeing things. That's not my intention here. But, but the anniversary of my uh, father's death was just a couple of days ago, and I'm starting to wonder if that's why. I do remember having a psychic on the program. And Scotty's joined the chat room. Hey, Scotty, we'll be. I'll bring you in in just a second. Um, I just I remember having a psychic on the program not long ago who was talking about this and and connected these things I'm seeing to my father. You know that's not a giant leap to make for anyone. However, uh, I this is kind of one that I that I really kind of believe because I feel it myself. So I'm curious if anybody sees anything. Last time I was having these, uh, I don't want to call them visions, but I was seeing these things. Um, folks in the chat room were noticing things in the camera as well. So we'll see if that if that continues that way. So, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, I will have our guest, Scotty Roberts. We're going to be talking about some really, really interesting things that have been happening in the paranormal news. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, have some comments for us as well, because it is it is very interesting stuff. And I'm, some of it we're going to, I think, maybe try to debunk as well. It's Beyond Reality, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's JV here. You know I've asked for your support in the past, and I'm going to do it again because it's really, really important. And there are a couple of ways you can support the show, and it's so inexpensive. Now, you can go to Patreon, and you can become a Patreon supporter. And we really, really encourage that. But there's also another way. If you look at the description of the podcast, if you're a podcast listener, and you scroll Scroll down to the bottom. There's a way to support the show directly through the podcast app. And it's only 99 cents a month. It's less than a buck. You probably have that change in your couch right now. That dollar a month, less than a dollar, goes a long way in helping us produce this program, provide great interviews for you during the course of the week. I thank you in advance because the support is so important to the program. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the program. It's Beyond Reality. I think we've got the technical glitches all figured out. Scotty, can you hear me? Can you see me? Uh, I sound like the who. Where's our engineer? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, welcome to the program, Scotty. Great to have you along. Um, I'm looking forward to talking about some of this stuff. Actually, you know what? I'm going I'm to make a quick switch here, too, because I can't see you in that direction. You'd think I'd be a little more prepared right. at this stuff, but I'm, I'm You know, not. I do the same thing on my show. Sometimes you think, oh, I'm all cocky, I'm all ready to go, and it's a minute till showtime. You sit down and you go, oh, wait, I didn't do the this, and yeah. you plug that in and do that, and all of a sudden. Now, yeah. like the link you sent me, yeah, it goes to my phone. Well, I can't access it on my computer from my phone, so i got to type it in. Yeah. And uh, and so it started a whole round of just getting to the wrong place. Well, when you do when whenever there's a typing involved, the error factor goes up by about seven hundred percent at least. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> I know, especially when it's typing on the phone. My thumbs are just too damn fat to uh, type anything correctly <laughs> in any of the first five tries. It's got to be at least six tries. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, we've got a lot of cool stuff to talk about here. I'm I, I'm yeah. taking this opportunity to kind of. 
take a look at some of the headlines in the news. Some of the things that have been happening in the news recently of a paranormal nature. Do a little analysis, maybe a little debunking, maybe a little bit of uh, you know uh, speculation, and uh, sure. take a you know take a minute and just kind of see what people are talking about in this regard. And yeah, yeah. the first thing I think we need to talk about, and I know that neither you nor certainly not me spend a great deal of time on this particular topic, but it's the UFO thing because there seems to be a yeah. boiling point occurring here with all this stuff. We've had tremendous tremendous amount of information being released by the US government. And when I say tremendous amount, it's it's kind of trickling out, but for the US government that's a tremendous amount. Um, yes. And a lot of very interesting videos. Do you think we're on the verge of maybe some kind of real honest disclosure here? You know, I I would could only say I would hope so. Um, I have been one of those guys that's been on the skeptical believer edge when it comes to aliens and other life forms and so on. Now, I'll write all about them. I'll talk about ancient things. I'll talk about the possibility of alien influence, things like that, as a speculative, not as a going belief. And yet, when it comes down to seeing stuff in the news, you go, hmm, are we really going to start experiencing some alien connectivity because you know what just like you i know people that have seen things that have talked to people that have done things and experienced things and many times we always chalk up in the paranormal we chalk up uh, personal experience to that whole anecdotal experience you know well yeah you saw it but uh, you can't prove to me that it happened and yet you know they're reasonable people they're they, they have credibility. Uh, they have reasoned minds. I've seen things that there, I'm sure there's some people that look at me and go, bullshit, <laughs> you know, and, and yet I've been there and I know, and I, I feel I'm not too odd or weird a person. So when you see these people and talk to these guys, especially like fighter pilots uh, who see things and go, man, this thing took off at that angle. This thing, we couldn't catch up to it. It kept up to our speed. There's nothing we could do. And then it took off at a weird angle. And we're like, whoa, where'd that thing go? Um, you start seeing that. And so to answer your question, I think that there's stuff out there. I think there is probably life out there. Um, we've heard science say, well, in order to get here, they'd have to be able to travel beyond the speed of light. Well, that's according to science as we understand it. Um, is there science that we don't understand yet? Um, or, as the other flip side of that is, I was just talking to Barry Fitzgerald the other night on my show, and he's talking about experience, and he's starting to more and more, I think, start to connect the old stories of the fae and the fairy folk and the elementals that we experience even now things he's experiencing, terrifying stories, and maybe linking them to alien contact, to uh, maybe they aren't uh, from other places at all. Maybe they're from here. Uh, but then why would they need a spaceship? Uh, you know, who the hell knows? So uh, um, what does God need with a starship <laughs> and so you know what do you think the chance what do you think the chances are that uh, let's just kind of put it on the table here what do you think okay. the chances are that some of what we're seeing maybe all of what we're seeing that we're attributing to some type of extraterrestrial craft or beings are actually terrestrial technologies that we don't understand maybe from our own government maybe from other terrestrial governments i i think there's probably a good possibility that there's some of our own technology 
Uh, it's stuff that we don't know everything that's going on. Uh, it's like my old friend John Ward used to say when it came to military secrets and governmental secrets. He says, some things, brother, are meant to be secret and we don't need to know. <laughs> and they're not going to tell us. And, uh, you know, if you confront a governmental, well, I had this this reporter ask a bunch of questions of this government official who denied that there was any alien. What do you think they're going to say if right. it's a secret? Right. Oh, as long as you're from Newsweek and you're asking me, let me spill the goods. <laughs> um, you know, so I, I, I think that that's a possibility. The problem we get down to is we don't really know. There's no way to gauge it. You can start to look at things, but the deeper you look, the more you hear there's like this two side, there's this mythos. It's like watching the old X-Files series. They had their shows that were their episodic shows that took you into all different kinds of strange things. But then they had their mythology shows that had this continuing mythology that was behind the scenes and everything. And that's where everything got really serious in that show. And I'm wondering if there is a if there's a, a an ongoing mythos behind everything that's going on that goes one way or the other it's either all government conspiracy and by conspiracy you almost hate to use that word because it's become such a comic book character of itself yeah, the yeah. word mm -hmm. but a, a genuine conspiracy there are things that are going on is our government keeping something from us um by way of either Area 51 is just developing new kinds of aircraft. And we're not going to tell you what all that shit is. You know why? Because it wouldn't be a secret anymore. There's some things have to be made secret. Um, or is it the flip side of that? Is Area 51 where they originally brought bodies from a crashed UFO in Roswell? Uh, so there's this, this dual mythos that seems to be going on all the time. And which one is it really? So you have to start looking at the people that you know that are involved in these things, the people that have experienced. I have a good friend of mine, um, been a friend for years, who very deep into the UFO thing and the conspiracy thing, was a good friend of uh, old Dr. Stanton Friedman, the late Dr. Stanton yeah. Friedman. And uh, I spoke to Stanton Friedman about this friend of mine and a friend she encountered way back in 2000, we were talking and I, I was on the phone call with Staten Friedman. And uh, I said, what do you think of this guy? Because my friend had said this guy had asked her out on a date, took her to one of the state parks down and she lived outside of Roswell, New Mexico, Albuquerque, I think, New Mexico. And he would say, he was telling her that he was part of an organization that was underground, not far from Albuquerque, that went uh, dozens of stories beneath the ground. And he talked of having like 283 different alien species from other worlds that are already here and that are housed in that facility. Take the comical men in black and that underground facility they had. He said, it's like that, except it's real. Mm. And then while they're sitting there, he was saying, look up in the sky right now. He says, he said, uh, and you could see UFOs just flying in a straight line. It was night sky. And he said, what do you want it to do? And she said, I'd like it to see, to do a right angle. And this UFO went, what, what, like oh, that. Wow. And she says, like, how did that happen? And this kept repeating. And then uh, um, as dawn was breaking, after all the stuff he's showing her and telling her about, two f 16 fighter jets 
buzzed them and tipped their wings at them. Oh, wow. And uh, like acknowledging them and uh, that he was there. And he said he has this contact with all these people. And so I asked uh, Stanton Friedman about this guy. And he said, you know, Scotty, and he had this voice, like, you know, yeah, Scotty, he, he, says, I, <laughs> I, he says, I interviewed him. And he says, you know, he says, the guy knows things he shouldn't know that the normal person wouldn't know. And he says, he on my scorecard ranked very high as being some somebody that knows what he's talking about and maybe even knows things I don't know. And you're talking to Stanton Friedman. Yeah. And so he gave me a pretty good feeling that this guy uh, had some idea of what he was talking about. So all that to get back to your original question, is there anything to this stuff? Could it be earthbound? Maybe. Could it be earthbound in a different way? It's almost like you have three categories. The earthbound that is our technology that we're developing. Humans. And there's no aliens involved. The other is, it's aliens. It's coming from other worlds. There's technology we don't understand. We don't understand why they do what they do. If they're coming here and they're hidden and you can't talk to them, why do they turn their lights on? <laughs> it's like, okay, the parking lights are on. Woo, woo, woo. And this thing spins. And you go, what do they got lights on for? Uh, the other one would be, what if it's interdimensional and it's either us from another dimension or it's it's like the fae and the fairy folk, the spirit beings, the elementals. All of that to say, I have no <laughs> idea. Let me explore something. Let me explore doing. something and get your opinion on this for a second. Let's assume. All right. Let's assume for uh, a minute that the military. Well, let's not assume anything. The U.S. military is clearly sending a message here. The message could be one of several things, but here's a couple of ideas. Let's say that the military is seeing these things, too. We know they've documented some of this on video. They've got pilot testimony. Yep. Uh, we, we saw something very, very bizarre recently of a pyramid craft near a Navy destroyer. Yeah. These, are, these are very bizarre things. So the military is seeing these things. Here's, here's hypothesis one. Military is seeing these things, and they're scared as hell because they can't identify them, and they don't know how to react to them. And they... For all the military knows, it could be secret Russian craft, could be secret Chinese craft. Who knows? Or some of these things are U.S. technology, and the military is using this as a deflection to have our adversaries scratching their heads a little bit and not recognizing what we may be up to. Either of those plausible? I th I think so. I think it's you know it could be. <laughs> For all we know, it could be craft coming out from some little village in, you know, Tierra del Fuego, for all we know. It doesn't have to be Russian or Chinese. Right. When you think of that and you, you don't know, is it, it, yeah, it could be that uh, they're trying to figure us out, too. So, I, and what I keep getting back to, it's like when people have interviewed me on some of the stuff I've written, they ask me, so, Scotty Roberts, do you believe in reptilians? And I'm like, yes, it's no. <laughs> and uh, um, I said, I don't know. Right. That's what it comes down to. That's right. There's all these quote unquote evidences that are stacking up, but there's no proof. Evidence and proof, you would think they're the same thing, but it's like in ghost hunting now. Um, you know who uh, Penn and Teller are. Sure. Uh, they had their show Bullshit. And uh, Penn Gillette 
is somebody that got his start uh, and Penn and Teller both at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival years ago. Oh wow! And I knew these guys, and they're close to some of my close friends too. I was talking to Penn Gillette. This had to be. This is when we were doing all the stuff at the beginning of your tenure as the publisher of Taps Paramag. And uh, he was talking to me once. Uh, it was had to be 2009, 2010. He said, come on, Scotty. He says, you know this all bullshit. He said, I expected better from you. Oh, You're a better thinker than this. Ghosts, come on. And, uh, and I said, uh, well, I've had my experiences. And he said, well, that's anecdotal. He says, you proved to me. And I said, you know what, Penn? Why don't you come along? On a, and it, come along and see what it's like. And he goes, you know, he says, man, you give me proof that they exist. Now come along. And I said, well, that defeats the purpose. <laughs> I said, come along and see. So here's the thing. You can offer up all the proofs or the evidences. We have, Jimmy, you've seen, I've seen the people we hang out and do business with have seen stacks and mounds and mounds of evidence. Yeah. I've got all kinds of recordings of evidence. I've got all kinds of photos and films of evidence that I've personally seen. But you show that stuff to a skeptic or you show that to somebody who is maybe not just a denialist skeptic, but just a skeptic who wants to know the answers. They'll go, yeah, but, you know, and that's how it comes. I had a guy that was a skeptic. He was a friend of all of ours, same group of people. And he came on a an investigation with me and a couple of other people to the Mounds Theater in St. Paul. And uh, he's sitting all alone with a night vision camera on him and a taping for EVPs down in this dank, dark, ugly basement room. You know, why is it all these haunted places always have this? <laughs> I don't want to go down there by myself, but he'd volunteer. I'll go down. Why can't they haunt a tiki bar on a beach in yeah. Florida? I mean, come on. Well, that's it. During the sunshine. Yes. You know? And uh, so we're, he's sitting down in there. We've got film of him and he's he's taping for EVPs. And of course, he's not hearing anything as he's asking questions and stuff. And one thing we first noticed and Orbs have always been dubious for me, but light anomalies, orbs, they might be different things. One thing we noticed in looking at him, he's sitting with his, uh, if you're looking at the screen here, he's sitting here uh, with his elbows on his knees and he's got the recorder and the camera's focused on him. And we see these light anomalies go in streaks of light, only not flying around or they, they were going from the bottom up. They went zip, zip, zip like this in a few different spots. And I go, that's odd. I've never seen that before, going up like that in a straight line. Then as we're listening, and he's listening with us on his sound equipment, something calls out. It was either his name and gave him another name. And he's sitting there in the studio, his own studio, with the raw footage playing. And he looks at me. His eyes go wide. And he's, and he's like, holy fuck. And he's, he's just, he's, and, and he's, he's like almost... He's like, what the shit? What was that? And he replays it and replays it and replays it. And he's so like slapping his. I thought the guy was going to pass out. Literally. I mean, wow. he was so overtaken by seeing evidence of something. And he says, I was there, man. He says, I didn't hear that there. And it's on the tape. And I've had the master of the tape since that night. And he said, nobody's tampered with this. And so he's going on and on. Well, as now, now he was always a big skeptic. And he's still a good friend of mine. But online, uh, a few years ago, 
we, we hadn't talked for a while, and that topic came up in a discussion on social media, and, I, and, and he was kind of uh, uh, bad-mouthing people with evidence mm -hmm. in ghost circles. And I said, well, brother, don't you remember uh, that time? And I cited this story. And he goes, you're lying. That never happened. And really? I said, I'm not lying. I said, that did happen. And he said, that never happened. I never heard anything. You never heard anything. That just didn't happen. You're a bullshitter and you're this and that. Man, I'm done. I'm done with you. And it's just, and it was that easy. Now, we're friends now still, but he was like, what caused somebody to do that? Was it the denialist in them to ignore the evidence? Are you sure you didn't say something uh, political? Because you get that reaction a lot when you start talking <laughs> <Yeah>. politics. <laughs> so, he, and I are, he and I are fully aligned politically. Okay, right, just way, making sure. You ever, As you and I are. You and I are. Did you ever see the movie? Um, it was a documentarian did a movie about Michael. What's the, the, the big fat? Michael Moore? Uh, uh, Michael Moore. Uh, Michael Moore is a is a dumb fat liar or something. Whatever, I can't yeah, remember the yes, title. Yes, yes, yes. But he had this very conservative take on Michael Moore. Finding Michael Moore, I think it was called, based on his finding something. And uh, uh, he was the producer, the director of that movie. Uh, so politically, he and I are very aligned. But uh, when it came to this stuff, and this all happened, and that incident took place in 2002 nine or ten i want to say and uh, so this is already 10 11 years ago yeah now he and i we've talked since then a few years went by and we didn't say anything to each other it's like that's up to balls in his court he kind of cut things off but uh i was surprised that he either he for some reason completely eradicated that from his memory wow which could be a psychological thing because he was there and you should have seen Jimmy you should have seen his reaction was so blatantly turning white as a sheet when he heard this stuff and he played it over and over and over again and talked about it and then a few years later denied it ever happened and now you know now it's just it's just gone it's a thing of our past I don't bring it up for fear it's gonna have yeah, the same yeah. reaction again. yeah but, I suppose uh, that so I suppose that denial uh, helps to stabilize a worldview or something. It has to, you know, if accepting that for what it was could be a completely worldview changing incident that as, an, yeah. as a person, it may, it may undermine your faith. It may undermine your belief system. Who knows? And so the and, easier, and easier path friend, is to deny. And my friend was an atheist. So maybe it, it totally undercut his atheism, perhaps. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Uh, this is something Penn Gillette told me. Uh, he said, you know, I'm an atheist, Scotty. I said, well, I didn't say you had to believe in God to believe in ghosts. <laughs> yeah, but then I got to believe in all this other shit. And, you know, and, you know, it's just too much work. And, it's too much work to believe in all that. <laughs> and his response to me was, Scotty, I can't believe you. You I thought you were a more reasonable man than this. I can more intellectual. I, th I can't believe you believe this shit. Mm. But there it is. Yeah, let's uh, let's circle back to the UFO thing for one more minute, and then I want to move on. But yeah. uh, you brought up interdimensional travelers. You brought up maybe time travelers. You know, maybe this is maybe we're catching glimpses of of us, re, you know, traveling back in time with that technology once we have it. Uh, if you had to lay odds on any one of these theories, do you have a favorite? My favorite theory is that it's actually life from other other planets, other galaxies. Um, 
you have to look at the mathematical probability of there being life out there. And I don't know if it's you. I've, ta I've talked about this on my own show, so some of my own listeners have heard this before. But if you, you remember when Hubble, about 10, 11, 12 years ago, they did that big telescope experiment. Mm -hmm. And they said they took about the, take about the size of your pinky finger, put it up, and look at the night sky with the size of that fingernail. And they took an area that small in the whole vastness of the sky and they focused for 10 days their infrared cameras from the Hubble telescope on that and got an infrared picture come back. And what came back, guys, you can go look this up on YouTube. Look for the Hubble infrared uh, photo. It came back and they found a picture that had in that small space in the sky at least 10,000 galaxies in that, in that small space. And so mathematically, they said exponentially, yeah. fill the whole sky with that. You're going to have billions upon billions of galaxies. And what's contained in a galaxy? Millions to billions of stars. And how many of those stars <laughs> have satellite moons and planets around them? That could very possibly, as Spock would say, it looks like a type M planet, sir. Um, <laughs> it, that's, you know, the planet that could sustain life like we have on earth the and that's just saying that aliens are just like us right uh and they need the same kind of atmosphere but if they can build vessels to travel if they can if they found other means for travel um if they can warp space as the star trek concept was yep. uh if there are other other ways to to do this if you've got that kind of exponential billions of potential Earth-like planets that could be out there in the universe. What's the probability that we're the only ones here? Right. You start doing that math. You, know, you almost get that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but you're absolutely right. And, and, and you're only talking about doing the math based on what we know as life and what we know as biology. Yes. And, you know, we, we may have one of a th million versions of life and biology. Uh, you know, who's to say yes. that everything has to be carbon-based? Why, you know, we don't, it doesn't have to right. be carbon-based life. Um, but when you start doing that math and you realize how vast the numbers are and now you've got to, you've got to, your belief system guides you through part of yes, this, yes. but, um, but if, yes. if, if you, if you for a minute believe that we were a bit, uh, uh, an, some type of random accident of chemicals and electricity that, that created life, how can you not believe that that same randomness can happen in those vastness of numbers? That's it. That's it. Exactly. But then of course there is that scientific theory that talks about how life in other places in the universe could have um, um, evolved very similarly to how we evolve. And there's, mm -hmm. there's a word for it or a phrase for it. It's kind of like saying, why did the, again, taking all the, all the, the weird conspiracy of aliens and stuff, but why does, uh, why did the Egyptians have pyramids? Why do the Mesoamericans have pyramids? Why are there pyramids in China? Why are there pyramids in Yugoslavia? Why is there a pyramid just a couple hours away from here in the bottom of a lake in Wisconsin? Um, why do these things exist all over the world? Is it because they all communicated with each other, shared technology? Did those civilizations all form governments and building and develop their civilizations all in the way that human beings do it? So would life that is 
sentient life, capable of reason, capable of judgment, capable of building things, uh, would they then develop kind of equally around, you know, who knows? Right. That's the big question that's out right. there. Right, right. So... Right, and and when you start doing the math of the age of the un, of the universe, the known universe, you're talking oh, about yeah. billions of years, and you have to recognize that human life has really only existed on this planet for a fraction of a second of that time. So, if another life form got you know a, a billion year head start on us, <laughs> you know, you're talking about yeah. a lot of time to develop technology. And even even if they had a 400 year head start. exactly exactly where's our technology going to be in 400 years that's Look right elon musk elon musk and what he's doing right now yeah uh, he's going light years ahead of where we were 10 years ago even so uh, let's so where's he going to be a uh, 400 years from that's now? right let's change the topic here to cryptids a little bit uh there's a news report it was from may 4th that a shuttle bus driver reported seeing a large humanoid owl figure with a wingspan of 15 to 20 feet over O'Hare International Airport. Now, I don't know if you yeah, if you know Lon Strickler. I'm sure you've run into yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is, he's talked frequently about the Mothman of Chicago or whatever, these sightings. Chicago yeah. seems to have a significant number of sightings of a Mothman-like creature. What do you think of that? And do you tie it to the Mothman legend at all? I don't know. Uh, that, that's my thing. I'm not into the legend enough to know. Strangely enough, uh, last summer, a year ago, we were driving back with the family, uh, taking a slow trip back from my daughter's wedding out in North Carolina, driving back to Wisconsin, and stopping and seeing things on the way. And we didn't realize it until we were right in the heart of town, but we crossed that border. What is it? West Virginia into... Where is, where is uh, Mount Pleasant? It's West where Virginia into Ohio. There it is. We were crossing, I think it's the Ohio River right there. It might be, it? yeah. But you're crossing. It's a silver Point bridge. Pleasant. Yeah, Point Pleasant, West Point Virginia. Pleasant. Yep. And we're driving down the main drag at about 8.30 at night. Oh, wow. Point Pleasant. And I'm going, you know, that looks, <laughs> what did the sign say? And, of course, everything's closed. The museums are closed yeah. and stuff like that. So we didn't get to stop. But I'm going, we're in Point Pleasant. This is where the Mothman was. And uh, Rainey said, did we already cross the bridge? And I go, yeah. She goes, Phew. Yeah, right. I know, so, right. Uh, sigh of relief there. So, uh, but uh, I've never known much about, and I haven't really sunk myself into the lore of it. It almost sounds too mythical to me sometimes uh, until you start hearing these sightings in other places. One of the difficulties and, uh, is separating the actual accounts from the movie yes. that is really what introduced so many people right. to the to the idea and to the, the events. Movie. Yeah, yeah. The Mothman Prophecy. That's right. I was going to just mention that, and I, I so that was really my first exposure to it. Yep. Oh, I kind of heard about this. This is interesting. You know, it involved a psychiatrist. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know the character. Right. Uh, so, but I don't know enough about Mothman other than I've seen a lot of stuff on the Mothman mm -hmm. lately. It seems. There seems to be more sightings of the Mothman lately. Now, people would say, well, that's part of the mythos. Everybody starts seeing it. Well, here's the big question. Uh, if people were seeing it 60 years ago, um, they didn't have the tech and the communications tech that we have. That's now. right. What happens when you've got 24-7 news, high-tech internet, social media with billions of people on it compared to 
Point Pleasant back in 1964 or whatever it was? Uh, wasn't Point Pleasant like, <laughs> yeah, Daisy, Daisy, connect me with the police department, will you? And, uh, you know, I don't know if it was that podunk, but, you know, you got to think of the, the times have changed. And so sightings are going to rise. That's why I think you have more UFO sightings going on. We have not far from here, but less than an hour's drive from here is Elmwood, Wisconsin. And Elmwood, Wisconsin is the UFO capital of, I don't think the United States, but certainly of Wisconsin. There are stories going back into the 40s or the 50s, and they have UFO days in uh, this little, little town of Elmwood. And so you go down there, and all it is is time to go get cotton candy and hot dogs and buy people's cheap art shit and stuff like that. But uh, um, there's no really UFO conferences or anything going on. And so, uh, but that happened right here. So <laughs> what happens with the more proliferation of stories, I, I think, are coming from the fact that there is more proliferation of media to right. spread those stories. Right. Uh, let me just quickly read his description, description, the shuttle bus driver. It was about 6 p.m., and the actual sighting took place on April 21st. He said, it must have been 30 or 40 feet off the ground. I saw it fly over. It made no sound and looked like a giant black thing with very large wings. I saw it for all of two or three seconds as it flew overhead, over the building, and then out of sight. I didn't see it again, and I saw nothing else when I drove around to the other side of the building. He says, I know the stories of the Mothman, and I know that it's been seen around O'Hare, and that's why I, um, I decided to write about this report. So... Maybe a little bit of wow. suggestion there. I don't know. And perspective, you know, that's one of those things where somebody sees something, you know, maybe you have something that, that throws off your perspective. Maybe it was just an owl and it wasn't 30, 40 feet away. It was much maybe closer was. than that. So therefore it looked bigger. I'm not sure. Um, but this moth, the Mothman story to me is a fascinating one because it, it's not only yeah. a cryptid story. It's also an alien story. It brings in, what's that, what's that guy, Woody Derenberger? Is that the right name? Um, I don't know the name. Who who has a long story of alien contactee and 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 uh, very very detailed. He's one of the one of the premier uh, alien contactee stories. And it was happening. It was near Point Pleasant and was it coincided with the Mothman sightings there. Uh, Darren Berger, I think it's Darren Berger. Anyway, there's so many angles to that story. You've got the Men in Black visiting the town or reportedly visiting the reporters that were reporting on the Mothman incidents. I mean, there's so much that, that makes up that story, which is one of the reasons I find it to be fascinating. But then when you start looking at other paranormal stories, Scotty, you realize that there are a lot of stories that bring, you know, cryptids and UFOs and yeah. ghosts and they, they seem to cross, you know, these segments cross each other a lot. Yes, they do. And, uh, um, that's why th those are the things that tend to make me say there is some credence to these things because there are stories that are proliferated all over the place that intersect with each other you have all these intersecting circles going on uh, it's like the uh, oh i can't think of the name of the thing now they, they named a town it was a little series that was done on the internet remember uh forget it i can't even remember their names off the top of my head. An, let's call that a Chalk it up to a senior moment. Hellier? Uh, Hellier. That's the show I'm talking about. Uh, good, with, thing, uh, good thing I can read your mind, even though it was blank. I got it. There it is. <laughs> Who's the couple? Is it Doug and... Well, it's Carl Pfeiffer and... Uh, 
Carl uh, Pfeiffer was his name came to my mind, but the yeah. couple oh, they had the traveling yeah, paranormal oh, museum. See, that, and I can't, why can't I think of yeah, their name? I'm having trouble with it too, but not Craig. Was it Craig? No, not, not Craig. I thought it was Doug and uh, Doug and I'm probably wrong. Gary. Somebody in chat. Whoever. Will come, someone in I, chat. Will you come, guys know yeah, it. Someone in chat will come they up. They have with the traveling us. paranormal museum. They brought to shows. Yeah, she's a or a witch. Um, He's a, 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 an investigator. They're both investigators. I can't think of it. Anyway, the reason I was bringing that up, that show up, was now that's not Mothman per se. I think they are dealing with things that are on that elemental yeah. level. Yeah. Um, and this is what I think of. I wonder about Mothman is this, because we were talking on my own show last week, we were talking about the fairies and the fae. And right away, you say the word fairies. And you know, people are like, oh, the cute little, <laughs> yeah, I know, the, right? cute little the cute little Playboy <laughs> yeah. centerfold. Tinkerbell. You think of Tinkerbell. Yeah, uh, right. yeah exactly. Yeah. And uh, But if you go into Celtic mythology, Irish mythology, the Fae were nothing like that. No, nasty. Um, they could be, they were a lot like the jinn. They're in the same class as the jinn. Yep. They could be very benevolent. They could also be enormously evil. Not just evil, they were evil. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and so these types of beings are all part of this spirit realm. When I had Barry Fitzgerald on the other night, he was talking about the she. Uh, it's it's uh, spelled S-I-D-H-E in Irish, the, the, the she. And that's where you get the term the banshee and other forms of the she, of the fairy folk. And the, all these classifications of elementals and elemental spirits. In Roman Catholic theology, they talk about this whole caste that was rebellious in heaven, but they were too good to be cast to hell with Satan and his angels, but too bad to remain in heaven. So God put them down to the earth. That's Roman Catholic theology. And this is where you have the fairy folk. This is where you have the she. This is where you have um, um, the... Uh, 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 the Banshee and all these other kinds of beings. And they think, does Bigfoot fit into this? Do elementals fit into this? Do Mo Does Mothman and other winged creature sightings fit into these categories? Are they spirit beings? Bigfoot, is Bigfoot is the reason we can't ever get a clear picture of Bigfoot or a clear uh, uh, identification because maybe they're on the same level as the Fae. The same level, as, and, and of course, you have to have a modicum of belief right. to believe in these things. You don't have to have a belief in biblical theology, but you have to have some belief that something is going on on a spirit level, a spiritual level, to be able to say, maybe these things exist on that level. By the way, the, the chat came through. It is Greg and Dana New Newkirk. There it is, Newkirk. <laughs> See, I knew it all along. Thank you, Chad. Um, speaking, speaking of that, uh, recently um, a, a photo out of North Carolina has been uh, causing a bit, a bit of a stir, not because of what it is, but because of what it isn't. And the idea here is that folks originally thought they saw some kind of Bigfoot creature. And yeah. when they actually took a better look at the photo that they took as they drove by, I don't know if you can tell what that is. Oh, that's a bear. That's a bear that's standing a bear. completely upright. Muzzle, you can see, yep. 
So that brings to the, to question, you know, how many times is it, is it a matter of misidentification? And if a bear can stand fully upright like that, which clearly it can, uh, and yep, when you yep. look at it, if, you, if when it's when the picture on the right side of the screen where it's kind of turned looking toward the car, you know, you lose the the, the perspective of the sh- of the snout. Um, so it looks it could look even a little more human like at that angle you know i look at that picture if it was a blur going by me i might mistake it Uh, i can tell in one split second i could tell that was a bear right but imagine if that was another you know 100 yards away maybe maybe in the woods even was shield is you know uh, obscured by a little bit of vegetation Sure. you know you could understand why there could be some confusion yeah yeah you know I have seen some things and took some pictures of things. I think you and I talked about this once, and I didn't. Am I able to share my some pictures on your? Can I share my screen? I think you can. Uh, You can try. You open it. I'm gonna try some. If you lose me, I'll call you back. That sounds good. Yeah. Let's see. No, that just took my picture off. Um, Hmm. Maybe I can't. It's it's very possible I can't share my screen. I can do that when I'm broadcasting on my own, but I, I don't think I can do it here. Well, that's too bad. It is too bad. But uh, uh, I have some pictures from Egypt of that being. Oh yeah, I've seen. Now, yeah, you sh- shared those with me before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about that is it was an obscured photo, just like the first thing I, I noticed when I saw the when I noticed the picture seven years after I took it. I was taking a picture of the Hebsed Court at the Stepped Pyramid in Saqqara, Egypt. And I was looking back through the courtyard and emerging from a stone way in the background behind a, a broken wall coming up the path, I saw the, the shoulder and the arm and the hand and the, 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 the part of the rib cage and the waist and then it trails off. But the thing is, the figure was obviously shirtless which nobody goes shirtless in Egypt. Um, the other thing was nobody else was there other than the guardians, the guardians of, uh, they're just people that are hired by the government of Egypt to watch certain sites. But they're all men that wear the ground length galabeas. They're either light blue or white or black, and uh, they have the big loose sleeves on them and so on. Uh, nobody goes topless, and this looks like black skin that's almost shiny in the light. And uh, I zoomed in on this thing and I blew it way up. And uh, um, it, it only appears in one photo. But the interesting thing was when I took that photo, I was taking it of the end of the court and I was standing up about two steps off the, the ground in one of these temples there. And I stepped back down onto the ground and I took another shot looking in the same direction. And I look at the very next shot and there's nobody there. Yeah. There was nowhere for them to go. So the big question I had at the time, because that's the place I was on this show talking about the vision I had there, which, again, I qualify this for people listening that don't know this. I'm not given to that kind of thing. I'm not a guy that's like, you know, and I took out my angel bell and I rang it. And once I <laughs> rang my angel bell and said my alms, I had a vision. Uh, I'm not that kind of a person. Uh, and I had a vision there that day, and that's why I was taking pictures. That's where I was sitting when that happened. And this character, and I didn't notice it for seven years. Yeah. And I saw this character. Uh, in, uh, what the hell is that? Was my response. Yeah. So, 
maybe, and this is all to get back to that whole spirit being thing, is that maybe this is all in a spirit realm, a spirit being. And this is why we don't get any clear pictures of Bigfoot. This is why we don't have any remains of Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, how many, how many fairy skeletons have you found in your garden? Not many. Um, and uh, things like that. So aliens, are they of the same nature? I don't know. Maybe they're just otherworldly. That's what we, But accordingly, we've supposedly run into them. We supposedly had some living. Somebody says we have 283 different species living on the planet right now. Mm -hmm. And we know about it, that there's a, it's not conspiracy. It's just a conspiracy type theory that that exists. There's a facility that governs that process. Does that really exist? I have no idea. Right. Well, let's see if this really exists. Tell me what you think of this. What? This is security camera footage that was oh. caught. Now, this plays twice in this. This clip repeats itself, just so you know. It's not two images. Okay. It's a repeating of the clip. So here we go. It's going to play again. Okay. I'm going to actually play it again. Sadly, it starts very quickly, so you got to look. be ready for it. Okay. What do you see there? An ostrich or, or an emu or a kangaroo or a two-legged dog running okay. crouched over. That's almost what it looks like. So you're looking, you, it looks like it's, it's, it's bipedal. It looks like two legs, right? Yeah, it does. And it's kicking up stuff. I don't know if that's grass or wet grass or, or it's dragon. It's dragon something. I'm going to play. a dog that got off a leash? I'm going to play another uh, the same clip, but it's going to be slowed down. It's going to be a, okay. a, in slow motion. Here it is. It's going to repeat. Um, something's dragging. It's dragging a rope or something behind it. I'm going to I'm going to play that whole sequence again. It's going to play twice in slow motion. At some point, it looks like human legs. I saw right that, too. Yeah. So like a guy in shorts with human legs. This is a report from um, Florida. And the woman who captured this on her home security camera claims this is a dinosaur. This is a oh. dinosaur. Now take a look at it from that perspective. Yeah. See, I thought Velociraptor when I first saw it. But he looks like a velociraptor is wearing a pair of black biker shorts or something. Unless that's just shadow. It kind of has that look, but but Jimmy, there's a chain or a rope dragging along behind him. Yeah, there is some. Yeah, that? there is something that trails there. Take a look. Take a look. You can see it. See? Yeah, you can see it. I, I wish I could point in the in the actual. I can. You can't see where my mouse is. He's got a vine wrapped around his uh, leg. Or you can see it right there. You can see right how it's there. how there's a line that extends from behind yeah. that creature, whatever it is. It almost that's looks. It almost looks. Uh, maybe that's just an illusion. It almost looks like there's a loop at the end of it. Like it's like it's mm -hmm. a like it is a leash thing. But I don't know. It, it doesn't quite look like a dog. But then again, the camera. You know, it's yeah. using it's using infrared. So. Um, you know, it's hard to tell. But the woman says uh, that any animal that we can come up with 
that would be quote unquote walking at three in the morning wouldn't walk this way, she said. Maybe I've seen right, Jurassic right. Park too many times, but I see a raptor or other small dinosaur. Some people say it's a large yeah. bird, but that doesn't make sense to me. But whatever appears, whatever, uh, since whatever it is, it appears to have front legs. So not sure. I'm sticking with a raptor, she says. Interesting. It, it looks like something that somebody had on a chain, though, or a rope. I know that in a, I know that in our chat room, Caddy is a Floridian. So Caddy, who is Jeff, uh, have you seen a creature like that running around Florida before? Maybe maybe you can explain what it is. <laughs> ostrich. Doug says ostrich, and I that's too. Doug Scooter says ostrich. I'm going to play it another time um, at the regular speed, so we can just okay. kind of take one more look at it here. Watch movements. Watch the way the upper body moves. Could that be? Could it be a dog that you just you just don't get a, the, the, doesn't focus on the front legs, you so you can't really be, tell. You might not be seeing the legs in the front, but only got this odd long elongated tail sticking off the back. Um. When it gets toward the end of the run, it, it looks more dog-like. Right in there. It does. Right in there. You can almost see the four legs. It's almost like it's got, almost like whatever's looking like the body at the beginning. Yeah. As it gets toward the end, almost looks like there's something wrapped around. Right. Like a scarf or a towel or something, and then there's a long leash. Right. Maybe it's uh, a dog that ran through somebody's clothesline, got a shirt stuck on it. Who knows? I mean, could be but anything. See, but see, what we do, here's what we do. We immediately start trying to rationalize it as something else. It's yeah. definitely strange, but our mind, our brain, automatically, this is part of our nature. Yep. Automatically, we jump to trying to rationalize it away as something else. Oh, oh, oh it can't be anything strange. It's got to be explainable. <laughs> right, right. Um, but we do that to try to identify things. Is this something I should be terrified of? Is it something that might eat me if I go outside at night. You know, we don't know. Uh, so David in our chat room says, oh, by the way, my raptor got off its leash a few days ago. If you see it, just holler Coo <laughs> Cujo and it'll run to you. <laughs> All right. Here's another one. Uh, this is not a cryptid. We're going to we're going to move into the ghost realm okay. uh, with this one. Right on. Uh, this is a let me just let me just get the name of this program. It's a YouTube show called Haunted Scouse. You might know this word better than me. I think it's a, it might be an English town. Uh, S-C-O-U-S-E. Is it Scouse? That sounds right. Yeah, okay. I, so they have oh, a YouTube program, and they were investigating a pub called Peter Kavanaugh's Pub. And they caught what they say is the image of a music box moving by itself. This is a rather long video and the music is quite annoying, but it moves very, very slowly. So you've got to watch. I've got an arrow on it so you can see where it is. Here, right. we, here we go. Right. You can see how the light is changing on it? Yeah, the light's changing. See how the light is almost the reflection of the light is almost disappearing because it's turning, yeah. it's turning on that table as to not reflect the light anymore. That's interesting. 
Yep, you see more of the left side now. Yep. Hmm, interesting. And that's, I think, about as far as it goes. Um, I've got another clip here, and I've taken the audio out of this one because that music will drive us nuts. It won't take long. This is sped up, so you can see the movement a little better um, because of the speed okay. perspective. I think it's almost double time, so um, watch this version of it. And it's also zoomed in. Oh, sure, there you go. And you notice you don't see much of the side. And that little split in the film is because there was about 30 seconds where it didn't move. Now, also, there's something that I begin to wonder about with the with the thing playing. If there is moving gears inside that. Now, once again, I'm just trying to explain it away, but that's to understand what we're seeing. We have things, it would be like taking, um, oh, like a little personal fan that you set up on your desk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you will notice, I'll look, and later, and it's about nine inches from where it started, mm -hmm. it's turning the other direction. Because the vibration of whatever's going on there can move it. I've had radios do that. Yeah. Where it's playing music, and the music, the sound will actually, the frequency creates movement. Right. And it slides. So maybe there's something, and it was very slow and because the music, uh, I don't know, gentle enough for whatever that, but the moving gears in there would be turning the box yeah it's possible i would only say to that and again i just pulled a clip out of this the the entire clip is about an hour long and it's not just of the music box but they show the music box several times so it's playing for an extended period of time and it doesn't start moving until this segment of the film which is about an hour into the total film so um wow, okay. so i'm not quite sure but it is curious i mean sure. the problem with these with any of these videos is that we can't see what's behind there. We can't, it's, it's, you know, you can't tell right. if they were trying, it's a, it's a quote unquote YouTube TV show. So they trying to make something happen here. We don't know if there's uh, something sure. attached to that. Is there, are they rotating the table? You know, my, my little kids watch those, those, some of those YouTube shows, a bunch of really oddball guys who don't go to college, but just made a million dollars on their YouTube <laughs> I know, channel. I know. There's so many of them. And it's like, man, I went the wrong direction, didn't I? <laughs> I tell you what. But, uh, um, and they look at some of the, and they fake this stuff. It's obvious. Right, you know, right. Fake. Some Asian guy and his friends and his girl live in this big apartment, and they're all making a shitload of money off of YouTube. Yep. And uh, they're always doing their 3 a.m. thing. The girls in the, my little girls and they're like, Dad, you gotta watch us, watch it. Yeah. They they see me. I watch shows, you know, like Ghost Adventures and yep. uh, Dave Schrader's show, you know, the Holzer Files and Amy Bruni's show and stuff like that. And they see some of those and they like them, but they get they get afraid. Oh, I don't want to watch. But let's watch it. But I won't watch it unless you're sitting with me. Yeah. Uh, but then they should, they they love to watch these YouTube shows, and I'm I'm like. I hate to be the dad, you know, the naysaying, ah, that's so fake. What are you wasting your time? Let me show you a real ghost <laughs> show. So, um, man, you know, I had a thing. I don't know if I told you about this. Uh, back in November, um, my wife does massage therapy, and she works for one of the classic old hotels in Stillwater, Minnesota, which is right across the river from Wisconsin. 
about 12 miles from us. And this is was built in 1890, and it's right down on the front. And she goes into the, and it's been renovated and everything, with the old section, the 1890s section. And first day in November, she bought us a night in one of the 1890s rooms that also now has a hot tub in it, which they didn't have in 1890. Yeah. So, really fireplace and a hot tub. And uh, the big suite with a couple of rooms in it. And so now this was right at the uh, end of last year and the COVID restrictions in Minnesota were very tight. No restaurants open. The hotels weren't really all that going. But, but there was only one other person staying in the hotel that night. And they were way down at the other end from us. So we are in this 1890s room. And, of course, we had some birthday celebrating to do yes first of all in the hotel room and so around about 11 o'clock we're like let's go ghost hunting oh nice and uh so so we brought uh, i had my old frank's box my original from frank sumption and uh, other tools and stuff we went into the bar and there's nobody there you know and there's one person working the desk and uh, so we're going around and we go up to one of the 1890s rooms and we're sitting in there and rainy is a bit sensitive and she gets this um, picture of a woman I'm sitting in the bedroom area and she's over in the living room area and she says Scotty I'm getting a picture of this woman that's dressed in a big dress you know late 1800s and she's kind of leaning over and whispering in my ear and she says to tell you to sing Loch Lomond which is a song I always sang for my kids. You know, you take the high road, I'll take the low mm -hmm, road, I'll mm -hmm. be Scotland for you. And uh, so, and she was asking specifically for the last verse. Rainey said, she, I'm getting the last verse. So we, we sang the last verse. And then I asked, you know, if you'd like to sing for us, we'd love to hear your voice. Can you sing that for us? And of course we were taping, we didn't get anything. It was very quiet. So we went to bed. We were done about 12.30. And uh, we ended up going to bed, pitch black in our bedroom. And I feel Rainy sit up in the bed. And I go, what? And she's, listen. She said, I hear music. And I'm listening, I hear something. And so much she got up and she looked out the door down the hall to see if she could hear nothing down the hall. There's one other guy in the hotel, way at the other end of the hall and downstairs. And so it's not music being carried. There's nothing going on. There's no bar open. We look outside, out the window. Is there a car out there? No traffic at all. Everything's closed and it's three in the morning. Silent. So we sit back down on this all took about 30 seconds and still hear this music. And I could hear it. Our bedroom was here. The door was like beyond the foot of our bed, but a door, a little hallway going back to the living room where the fireplace was and tables and chairs and hot tub. And, uh, so I, it sounds like the music's coming from behind my head, the headboard. And I didn't have any tools with me, of course, so I just, I just grabbed my cell phone and I start recording video. I'm just holding it. And I got to tell you what, I recorded for about three minutes. And when I played that back, I brought it into a sound editing program I have just to do nothing other than to amplify it, right. see if I could hear it. Right. And what you hear 
for almost three minutes is it's definitely a woman's voice you can't make out any words but she's you hear this voice so low in the background and it's going and you hear this you can't make out the tune you can't make out the words and uh, I am I hearing this right and I took the raw tape uh, recording and I sent it to somebody in the paranormal field that I trust and I didn't tell them anything about it I mm -hmm. said, tell me if you hear anything in this that's all I said and he came back and he says I hear a woman singing what sounds like a ballad there's no musical instruments just a voice singing what sounds like a bad ballad and uh, she says, that's all I could make out I couldn't make out any words or anything like that and so that just made me think of this, these accounts that we all have of these things. Um, and so you, you try to ask, do we fool ourselves sometimes or is there something really there? Was the music box turning or was it physics? Just the playing of the sound would turn it. Right. When I heard this voice, was it something far off being carried and we're picking it up in the hotel? Uh, and so you try to see, we called the front desk. Anything, anybody walking down the hall singing? Yeah. No? Um, and uh, so it was very interesting stuff. That is probably the most stunning recording I've ever picked up. Yeah. And what was interesting about it was a couple hours earlier, we had said, we'd asked her to sing for us. Yeah. Yeah. And we get woken up by hearing the singing. It's amazing that Rainy, did Rainy wake up because she heard it audibly or because she had a she sense, heard it had sensed it? I mean, if, well, given it was so low. Uh, my, my, my wife hears things. My, my wife is, is sensitive. She's not like, she doesn't promote it. She doesn't have a yeah. website like, yeah. oh, here, I'll read your fortune. Um, you know, but she, she has always felt stuff. And she's like a magnet to the stuff. I'm like, Again, use another Star Trek. Uh, term. I'm an iner I'm an inertial uh, inertial uh, um, dampener. <laughs> you know, I'm like, the same way. It's like I know it all off. Yeah, I'm the same it's way. It's not that I don't experience it ever, right, but right. so it woke her up, and she said, "Do you hear music?" She said to me, hmm. uh, "Was her thing." And uh, now she built one of those, you know, the SLS cameras yeah. mm -hmm. that they use, where you see the little stick men. Yep. Well, Rainey is very crafty. Now, I was out of town working in Louisiana for the last three months. And while I was gone, she goes, oh, I got this perfect. I, I built an SLS camera. She had to buy a tablet and all this, and she built it. And she was just setting it up again today to show me how it works. And uh, she said she was sitting there with her mom when she first built it a couple of weeks ago. And she's out in front of the camera, and her mom's watching the screen. And Rainy is broad daylight, and she says, you know, and she freaks her mom out all the time. And she said something to the effect of, you know, if you're here, if you want to come on over, say hi, come on to the camera with me, give me a high five. And Rainy's mom said, there's a, a little stick figure next to you. And, oh, that's how it's, there's a little stick figure next to you. And it seems like small, like a child. And Rainy says, well, let's see if it'll do something. And uh, she said it was just standing there, it was moving a little bit. And then Rainey said, can you give me a high five? And the thing reached over oh, wow. the stick figure and touched her hand oh, on the wow. SLS camera. That's impressive. And Rainey's, Rainey's mom was like, I'm done. 
<laughs> and uh, Rainey's like, like this is cool. But then you know you get done with that stuff, and she she's like, wait a minute, this is in my house. <laughs> Whatever it is. So it's neat when you can get evidence like that. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't think they recorded it because she didn't show me a recording of it. But that to me is really strong. When you get a stick figure that will respond, that's shorter than she's not like a reflection of her. Right. And it, she said it actually had to like bend over to reach her hand, touched her hand. And when she said, give me a high five. Wow. And at first it didn't give her a high five. And she said, maybe it doesn't understand what a high five is. A high five is, you know, you hit my slap, my palm, reaches over and slaps her palm. And so what is that when we see that? Yeah. Is that a ghost? Is that a spirit? Is it the fae? Is it an elton? What is it that's doing? Does it mean it's a ghost just because there's a stick figure? Not right. necessarily. Right. So what do you get? Right. So all of this stuff. Uh, it's I'm sp I'm just spewing out anecdotal. Oh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. But um, stuff reminds me. Think of all of it. Yeah, we're out of time, Scotty. I put up your YouTube channel a couple that. times, and I'm not even sure I had it right. What is your YouTube channel? Mister spelled out M I S T E R or Mister Scotty Roberts. Is it this Scotty with a Y? Is this right? Mm -hmm. Did I have it right here, Mister Scotty Roberts? Mister Scotty Roberts. Yep. Oh, nice. Tube.com slash Mr. Scotty Roberts. Awesome. And all there's right. all my radio shows are on there. You can scroll down. I've read a bunch of my books on there. I've got all my Egyptian adventures on there. Uh, so you can see videos from Egypt when we were doing junk. And um, um, there's even personal stuff. The kids, my wife, way down at the bottom. You can see some of our personal stuff. But cool. It's fun. You cool. know, it's not private stuff. Right. Not like... <laughs> Not like the well, stuff you, you put pay, on Facebook, which I've seen. For a minute for the, oh, yeah. Facebook. My wife is like, she's the most patient woman in the world. Um, she either really hates it and just puts up with my shit. Or, uh, you know, I don't put up any nudes of her. But, you know, sometimes my wife is rather fetching. And sometimes I, I take great pictures of her. And I, I go, I put it up. And she's like... Oh, Jesus, Scott, I'm sure you put it. You have to put that stuff up all the time. <laughs> I'm like, yes, guy. <laughs> so, what uh, I do. Do you want to uh, hang when I do, while I do a couple trivia questions for sure. the chat room? Okay, let's do sure. this then. All right. Scooter wants three. He always asks for three, so I think we'll go, we'll give him three. We don't like to disappoint Scooter. Right on. All right. First trivia question of the night. Here we go. What contemporary pop musician has released albums titled Kiss? Emotion and Dedicated. I think I know that by the first album, Kiss. I think I do too. Wasn't this guy? Wasn't this guy a minute? Was he in Minnesota? Where the hell was this guy? I don't know. Wasn't he up in that area? I'm recognizing the titles. I don't. Yeah. What? I don't remember who it is. Again, the question so. is: What contemporary pop musician has released albums titled Kiss, Emotion, and Dedicated? I could be without looking it up. Yeah, I could be completely wrong about this too. By the way, I, I'm not sure. It just seems like that first kiss is, is that album title is uh, makes me automatically think of an artist. Crystal Borgman, by the way, in the chat room, that was very nice. Yes, thank you, Crystal. Susie, good to see you too. It's been a while. Thanks for being with us tonight. And everybody, good to see you. I see Absolutely. People I know, uh, uh, Fitty D, Crystal. Um, uh, Scott Allen, Teresa Danton, um, Dave Castle, 
These are all people I saw earlier tonight. Okay, Scott so Allen. so uh, Gigi, Dave Castle, and Lucky Winner, who's Amanda, have all said what I was thinking. Oh yeah, well, duh. So again, and it is from around here. He's right, isn't Prince from around? Yep. Yep, he's from Minneapolis. Yeah, that's what I thought. Bloomington, West Bloomington. That was uh, West Suburbs, Minneapolis. No, when I th- but so was he? Did he die in in Minneapolis? Is that where he was he when did. he died? He died. He died at his place up here. Oh wow! All right. Again, the question is: What contemporary pop musician has released albums in t- uh, titled "Kiss Emotion" and dedicated? And the answer is not Prince. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Somebody, I think, said this, though. Let me see. Uh, oh, I yeah. I think it was the Carpenters. Uh, it was the Carpenters. The Carpenters. And now we're talking about artists that you and I remember. Um, that we grew up with. That's right. Carly Ray Jepsen. I don't even know who that is, Scotty. I have no idea. Carly Rae Jepsen broke into the mainstream pop scene with her hit Call Me Maybe. Okay, I remember that song, Call Me Maybe, because it was... Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Call me maybe. Yep. 2011. All right. Next question. Here we go. This one might be okay for Scotty and I because I've just seen the names in it and I actually recognize them. Here we go. One of actor Bill Murray's most iconic roles is Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters. However, Murray was not the first choice for the part. What famous actor was originally supposed to play Venkman? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think I know that. Yeah, I don't. Is it Tom Selleck? <laughs> I mean, let me just think about this, though. So if Bill Murray wasn't originally slated, were the other cast members, Harold Ramis, Dan Aykroyd, were they? They had all. Because they, they, they wrote it. SNL. Yeah. Um, Those two guys wrote it. Would it, it be it? another SNL guy? But but Rick Moranis wasn't SNL. He was. Uh, Second City. Second City. Mm-hmm. Um, it would have to have been somebody. Re- I don't know. John Candy comes to mind. Oh, John Candy. He was too goofy. Uh, so too that goofy was what? For the banking role, maybe. That was 84. Uh, Iowa says John Belushi. John Belushi. Interesting. John, maybe John Belushi. Caddy says Chevy Chase. Teresa says John Candy. Chevy Chase. Mm-hmm. I only said Tom Selleck because he was supposed to be the original Indiana Jones choice. That's. Could you imagine Indiana Jones with Tom Selleck it and not Harrison Ford? totally different complaint that too. had to be yeah definitely would have telly savalas <laughs> <laughs> i can't see that one hey, have a little popsicle <laughs> yeah. Yeah. all right again, again the, the question the question is one of actor bill murray's most iconic roles is peter venkman in ghostbusters however murray was not the first choice for the part what famous actor was originally supposed to play venkman i like android purity's answer Tom Hanks. Yeah, he played everything else. Gene says Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis says Scooter. All right, well, the answer is John Belushi. Oh, there you go. John Belushi. But then he probably because he died that same year. Uh, John Belushi died before the film could be made, and the role went to Bill Murray. Could you imagine John Belushi in that? That would have been interesting. John Belushi in that part. That would have been very interesting. Yeah. Wow. I could see John Belushi saying to Sigourney Weaver as she's levitating, well, you already have one too many people inside you. 
I mean, I want you inside me. <laughs> I think <laughs> John Belushi obviously did a lot of work with Dan Aykroyd, so that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Yeah. So, all right. Just so happens that our final one is a twofer. So we're actually going to have a total of four questions. The next one, here we go. What is... Right on. Oh, boy. What is Tigon or Tigon? I don't even know what this word is. Maybe you do, Scott. Let me hold it up here for you. Can you see that? Yep, I see it. What? I don't know. How would you pronounce that? Tigon or Tigon? Tigon. I'd probably say Tigon. Yeah. Like tiger. Yeah, all right. Tigon. I wonder if it's a playoff of tiger. Is it a tiger lion? I have no idea. That would be a liger. A liger? Right? From uh, Isn't that in uh, uh, Napoleon Dynamite? You ever see that film? Oh, God, yes. Right? Yep. It's a liger. It's, it's pretty liger. much my favorite animal. Favorite animal? Bred, bred for its special skills and magic. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What a great film. What is a Tigon? What is a Tigon? I like your sleeves. They're real big. Tigon. Uh, let's see here. We got Tigger. We got a Tiger. Pretty much my favorite animal. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the line. Pretty much my favorite animal. <laughs> Cross between a tiger and a lion. Yeah, Tigon, take me away. What is it? Oh, Cal is it Calgon? No, what is that? Oh, Calgon. No, it's Calgon not Calgon. It's not Calgon, is it? Calgon, take no. Calgon, it's, take me away. It's something else. Calgon is the um, Calgon is the water company. It's uh, hmm. no Calgon is a soap. Is it? I thought Calgon oh, is, it? is a soap. Uh, the water company would be. Culligan. Cull uh, you're right. Thank you. That's right. Culligan, man. That's right. Um, Paul Root is going to be... Oh, yeah. Paul Root is going to be in the new Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. I hope it's better than the one that just came Wolverine's out. I didn't even watch it. I protested. That was it's horrible. The one I don't like. I don't like What's-Her-Face. Yeah. Right I know who you're talking about. I don't like her. I have no, no appreciation for her films. No, nope. I don't watch them. No, nope. and I watched I about like 15 minutes of it. Either. Yeah, I watched about 15 minutes of it, and I wanted to throw up. It was so bad. All right, so the answer I, to the question. I turned off a trailer. <laughs> yep, the answer to the question is, and in fact, you know, that there was nothing. You said loudmouth, and that's all it was. It was just a lot of loudmouth stuff. There was no comedy in that movie. Um, didn't even want to. Didn't even want to watch it. No desire. Uh, a tigon is the offspring of a male tiger and a female lion. The offspring of a male lion and a female tiger is a liger. So there you go. It depends on who's, who's donating the sperm and who's donating the egg. Gender. Yes. Yes. Okay. Sex. Whatever. Last question. Last question. What U.S. president came up with his own eggnog recipe? What U.S. president came up with his own eggnog recipe? I mean, that's... I don't know if you can use any kind of logic to figure that one out. I'm trying to think of, like, alcoholic presidents we've had. <laughs> alcoholic? Wasn't... Uh, you know, U.S. Grant was, a, was an alcoholic, wasn't he? Ulysses S. Grant was just a raging alcoholic. Yeah. He liked his whiskey. Um, 
And I think of Bill Clinton because his brother, his brother Billy. No, 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 no. That was Jimmy Carter. Oh, was that Carter? That's Jimmy Car- Carter's brother, Billy. Yeah. Hey, did you see that picture of the Carters with the Bidens? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> it looks so bizarre. Hi. <laughs> I know. It looked like they were doing a ventriloquist act. Oh, man. Okay, so once again, what U.S. president came up with his own eggnog recipe? So what do we have here? We've got uh, Bush, Grant. Uh, Bush could have been a good one. I know he was, um, they said Bush was a a coke head. Back in his college days, right? You almost have to think of somebody who's like a little more back homey. Yeah. That makes me think of Jimmy Carter. Makes me even think of, of Bill Clinton to a certain extent. But uh, he wasn't so back homey, but uh, he was back Dory. <laughs> <laughs> oh, had <laughs> <and> a boom. <laughs> uh, let's see. We've got James Sorry, K. Polk, Garfield, Carter, George Washington, Andrew Jackson, who, by the way, is my four great grandfather. Four greats. Who? Andrew Jackson? Jackson. Yes. I'm related to Andrew Jackson too. No way. You gotta be kidding me. No way. Uh, you know. You know. Remember, there was a guy in my family tree. Uh, where I don't think we're blood related. It's just the story. Guy in my family tree. I'm Roberts. You go back to the Rev War, Revolutionary War, and we were the Robards back then. And one of the the five sons of John Robards was Captain Lewis Robards, and he fought for the Colonial Army. And after the war, he married a young woman and moved over to Mercer County, Kentucky, where he set up shop, a dry goods shop. Well, his wife got involved with some on the side. Uh, he must not have been delivering it at home or something, but she got involved with a brash young Tennessean, Kentuckian of Andrew Jackson. Now, she runs off, leaving Robards far behind, runs off with Andrew Jackson. Really? And if you looked anything like Charlton Heston from the movie, you know, it's probably all right. But she runs off with him, divorces uh, Robards. And she ends up, of course, being the first lady of the United States. Now, the law back then said, if you're going to divorce, you have to get divorced in the state and county where you were married. Mm-hmm. So she divorced him back up in Mercer County, Kentucky, and took up. Uh, well, in the White House, this was the big scandal, was that Andrew Jackson's wife was a bigamist because she was still legally married to Robards in the state of Virginia. Wow. And, uh, that's where they got married. She had to do another whole thing, but that was a whole big thing. So my, uh, there's probably no blood re- Relation in this. They had a kid, and I don't remember if they did or not uh, off the top of my head, but she uh, she left one of my my ninth generation back great uncle was her husband. Wow. Louis Robards. That's so, really, really interesting. Yeah, so we have... Oh, we both have Andrew Jackson in our family Look tree. at this. Scotty and JV come together in the family tree. We're related. <laughs> we are brothers. <laughs> oh, that's a riot. That is a riot. Um, anyway, the answer to the question is, uh, the question was, what U.S. president came up with his own eggnog recipe? The answer to that question is George Washington. Really? Oh, wow. See, yeah. now that makes sense. He's a country plantation owner. Yeah. He's like, he's like, Martha, 
Make us some eggnog, would you? No, better yet, I got a better recipe. Um, it says here that the the first president was apparently fond of sweets. He also brought ice cream making equipment into the Capitol when he took office. And notice who lost all of his teeth. Yeah, he didn't brush his teeth. Sweet. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That'll teach you to drink eggnog and eat, eat ice cream. Yeah. I like both of those things, though. Oh, you know, uh, um, Thomas Jefferson. If you go to Monticello up in uh, Charlottesville, yep, uh, Virginia, mm-hmm. he has in their kitchens these big round. If you look, and it's outdoors underneath the awnings, kind of, but there's these big round brick. Looks like a big well, but they're about like eight feet across, and they go about twelve feet deep, something like that. And we were told, you know what they use for? They would during the winter. They would haul ice up on wagons and pack them down into those wells, those oh, wow. big wells yeah. built out of brick, and they'd cover them up, but they would use that, and they'd store ice cream, and they were eating ice cream in July and August from the ice that was still in there keeping the ice cream. Oh, closed. that's wild. And so uh, they had that was their freezer, and the ice would last them all summer long. By the time autumn hit, they were just starting to run out of their ice. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. We have we have a, a, a Hanford Mills. It's a, muse, a working museum up here. Uh, they do a lot of you know 18th century, 19th century farming, and they yeah. do, they do an ice harvest every year off their pond. Nice. Store the ice for that same thing, but they you know to demonstrate how it was done. It's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, well, listen, everybody, this was great. I appreciate everybody joining us. And Scotty, of course, thank you for being here. That was a lot of well, fun. Thanks. Thanks for asking. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun just yeah, talking about all this stuff. And uh, let's see. What, you've got a show tomorrow night, right? I do Friday night. uh, Every night, Monday through Friday, I do 9 p.m. Central, 10 p.m. Eastern. And I run right up to uh, Jimmy's show. That's right. And his show starts right up. And sometimes... I will admit, sometimes I <laughs> run way over and I go, guys, you're going to go see Jimmy's show. I said, you can either go see him now and catch the rest of this in archive or stay here and catch Jimmy's show. <laughs> That's right. And I always, I don't know if you hear me ever, but I go, sorry, Jimmy, I'm running over. So. I feel it. I feel it right here, right here where it counts. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here. Love you all. And we'll catch you next time. It's uh, beyond reality. Thanks for, thanks for a great evening. Long and prosper. Beyond Reality Paranormal is hosted by J.V. Johnson and produced by Orion Palmer and Slick Eddie Edwards. Like us on Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please consider supporting the program either through your podcast platform, click on the link in the description, or on Patreon at Joha Productions. If you'd like to be a guest on Beyond Reality Paranormal or you have a recommendation for a guest, contact our producer, Slick Eddie Edwards. Eddie is spelled with a Y at slickeddieedwards at gmail.com.